once again. It's been a long time. We probably should not have left you, though. No. It's time, though, for a very special YOY podcast. Special. <laughs> because we've broken down technological barriers in this one. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm staring into your smiling eyes for the first time in a while. Yeah. This is the first time that we've recorded together live since the first episode. Yep. Taking um, it back to basics. The infamous dad shorts mm-hmm. episode, as it's as it's become known to Someone. me, yeah. us, some some people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're sorry we left you. We are. Uh, we didn't we didn't mean to hurt your feelings. No. Uh, thanks for sticking around. If you're listening to this, it means that you care enough to uh, to get hurt again, mm-hmm. or you have not updated your subscription. <laughs> Either way, we welcome you. <laughs> we uh, took a little mid season break. A lot of life happening a lot of life, around yeah. here between yep. you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am and Tyler. I'm with Tyler. Yep. One of the Tylers is in a new house. Yep. The other one downloaded Pokemon Go. So we both have <laughs> stuff happening. <laughs> a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, in the amount of effort and yep. upkeep required yes. in both of those. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and the best thing about it is that uh, now... I can drink uh, while you talk, and you know that I'm going to take a drink, so there's not an awkward silence. It's going to cut down on editing. And it's beer, so there's no ice clinking in the background. We're not savages. No. No, no, no. We wouldn't do that to you, dear listeners. Again, thanks for for sticking around. We're we're going to do kind of a break from tradition, as we did last episode as well. Um, We're going to do kind of a mid-season roundup. Uh, just seems like a, a fun thing to do. Not like, not that there's any shortage of other material. There's not out there. No, but you know, since it's about a month and a half now past <laughs> halfway point, now falls into our domain of looking back mm-hmm. at things that have been very disappointing and hurtful to us. So, it's amazingly a strategic way of phrasing mm-hmm. our own laziness and yeah. technical incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tomato, tomato. <laughs> So we're gonna do um, we're gonna do kind of the first half of the season. We'll we'll talk a little bit about it. What went right? Uh, because to be fair, a lot did go right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what went wrong? And it's not what you're thinking. Um, and uh, kind of our predictions for what we think about the state of the franchise going forward uh, into the end of this year and a little bit beyond. Um, and uh, I think I think that's I think that's about it. Maybe a couple people that we want to talk about, uh, but mainly we're just here to kind of shoot the breeze yeah. a little bit about this first season because we don't get to talk about uh, current no. Mariners events as much as uh, as we would like. Yeah, so this will help us process mm-hmm. what exactly happened. What did exactly happen? Uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, <laughs> more downs than ups. It was a very, very balanced first half. Mm-hmm. A fun fact, Seattle started the season fourth best record in baseball mm-hmm. through the first 46 games. Yeah, I know okay. Chicago, San Francisco, and Boston. What the hell's going on with Chicago this year? This is crazy. It is crazy. <sighs> I look forward, however, as, you know... Soulmates of the Mariners <laughs> to them finding a way 
to not seal this deal. I can almost guarantee you uh, there is somewhere in Chicago, there's an angry gypsy just just waiting to unleash hell. Uh, I'll bet she owned that goat. <laughs> <laughs> Gypsies are wont to do that. They love goats. So it's her and a goat in a trailer mm-hmm. in the Arizona desert mm-hmm. trying to get Bobby Ayala to get off her front porch. Oh, my God. Uh, no, so that, was Norm, that, that was Norm Charlton. Well, Norm, Norm Charlton and the Gypsy would probably get along very, very well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they uh, understand each other. Yeah, so they had, the, the, I mean, to, to start off the season, the Mariners, uh, in, in a lot of ways, I'm choosing my words carefully, Tyler, they were crushing it. They absolutely one might say. were. Yeah, you uh, might say that. Both in terms of their record and you, in terms of hitting. to. <laughs> I do want yeah. to as well. I chose my words carefully. I know you did. I saw it. They, uh, they've been hitting a lot of home runs, too. And yeah. batting has not been, uh, both for average and for power, has not been the problem that it has seemed to be normally in, is, yeah. in the past. So that's been pleasant. Uh, but then, as you were saying, it's been a pretty even season yeah. so far. So, yeah, for the first 46 games, fourth best team in baseball. Which, coincidentally, if you paid attention, none of those three teams that were better than them in the AL West. So mm-hmm. the Seattle Mariners... We're in first place. That's of a, the American League. Match. I really enjoyed that time of year. Yeah, that was a good time. Uh, second half of the first half, <laughs> less good. So the second quarter, mm-hmm. let's say, uh, not as not as strong. So while Seattle went nine and seven over the final seventeen games before the breaks, so they went into the into the All Star break strong. They went uh, seventeen and twenty six over the final forty three games. That's not very good. That's not. In fact, it's the fourth worst. <laughs> Record in baseball during that span, ahead of only the bad team in Los Angeles, okay. the Angels, the Philadelphia Phillies, mm-hmm. the bad team in Philadelphia, the bad team in Philadelphia, and the team everyone forgets is in Tampa Bay. That would be the Twins, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, yeah, the Rays, Tampa Bay. I missed that one. Yeah. So first half, they're the fourth best team in baseball. Second half, the fourth worst team in. That's because uh, June was a shit show. It was. It was not good. June that's was how good. you shuffle those two halves <laughs> together. And that's how you come to be 45 and 44. It, it could have been worse. It should have been better. Yeah. But uh, I think all in all, there are there's more to be. If I'm putting on my delusionally optimistic Mariner fan hat... There's more to be happy about than there is to be upset about because there are things that they can fix. Yes. Over the course of the past, I would say, ten seasons, the things that have kept them out of the playoff race are things that are not easily adjusted. It's an entire lineup of people who don't know how to hit the ball anymore, except for if anyone there is named Ichiro Suzuki. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it seems to be a lineup of productive and surprising hitters um but a lot of injuries yeah that are keeping them from being consistent on on the pitching side of things yeah you really saw how thin this roster was yeah when guys started to get hurt yeah Leonis martin yeah was injured. Was, yep so you go down uh, and then tell Marte. yeah and when martin went down you saw how we did not have a fourth outfielder, mm-hmm. and you kind of saw how we didn't have a third outfielder because mm-hmm. Noriyuki was lost. 
He was not as good as expected. No. Um, luckily, Goody's been Goody's been doing all right. Yeah. Finally got those bionic joints yep. and everything. They finally came got came through customs. Part of the X program, I yeah, think, and I think a little so. bit of adamantium mm-hmm. in them. The night tears, you know, that that that's just part it's of the job. Small price to pay for hitting for average. <laughs> um, to someone not currently going through night tears. <laughs> that's true. Or hitting for average. Or hitting for average. So really, I am probably not qualified to say it. But I'm going to say it anyways because we're putting this on the internet. So. And we can that's do whatever the hell we yeah, want. That's to all I need that. is a want. Um, so let's, let's, let's go back in time. Let's get back in our time machine mm-hmm. and, uh, and talk a little bit about the glory that was April and May. Yeah. Um, the Mariners started off with one of the worst opening day losses. That was that was the loss that we talked about in our first episode where yeah. we felt that how, this was how, why, this is how we knew that this is this was our calling. It was so validating. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, Felix Hernandez pitches a one hitter and loses. That was awful. Yeah. Um, but after that, it 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 got. Better it didn't start off great, but the Mariners wound up winning quite a few games to end the month, and then shot into May like a cannon. Yeah, the first eight games of the season were really hard mm-hmm. to go through because the first game, Felix throws a one hitter, loses, yep. snaps the team's opening day winning streak. Mm-hmm. Now they then take the next two at Texas. Yes, so they're two and one. Yeah, you're disappointed about the opening loss, right? But they, okay, they look good. We'll take it. Then they come home, and things don't go very well. Home should be your your safe haven. It should be. It really, really should be. It was not. Not so much. <laughs> yeah, they, they uh, got swept by the Athletics. Yep. Uh, lost a series next to the Rangers. Split a series, or uh, won a series against the Yankees, so they were about even. But then that... Start of the Yankees series going into the Indian series when all of a sudden you're seeing a little bit of power. Um, they got their groove back and uh, won eight of their last ten games of the month um, and then went into May and had one of the best records um, at the end of May that they'd had in a long time, long, since I think 2001. Time. Probably, yeah. Uh, still did not have a winning record at home. Well, no, because why would you? Well, let's, yeah, let's set reasonable expectations. <laughs> it's hard to hit at Safeco, Tyler. It Didn't is. you know I that? That's, that's how they built it. That's, <laughs> it is, and then have, ever since then, immediately tried to adjust it. Do you, but you know who should probably know about that? <laughs> the, the team that lives there. <laughs> the team that's building a team to play there. I know, I know. I'm just saying. No, May was, May was fantastic. It was. Um, there, there's not a lot to complain about. They get through May going 18-7 and seven on the road between April and May. They had the best road record in baseball. Yeah. Which, if you are a Mariner fan, that's also incredibly surprising. Yes. Because that's definitely something that they've struggled with. And uh, one of the important things that you're seeing out of them is a lot of wins from your starting rotation. Yes. Um, you're seeing a lot of points being put on the board. Mm-hmm. You're not winning by one or two runs anymore. Nope. You're winning consistently by 
three rounds, mm-hmm. I would say, was probably like an, a, a bullshit, off the top of my head, margin of victory. And then, uh, you know, the season's turn, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. You look at that, that sweet spot right up until about June 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mariners, so that June 2nd is, marks the end of their, first, of their first nine road series of the season. Mm-hmm. And Seattle with seven zero oh, and two, they didn't lose a single road series. First two months of the season, they were the only team in baseball that hadn't lost a road series at yep. that point. Longest streak in franchise history, uh, except for the two thousand two thousand one Mariners, who, lest we remind you, were very good. Never heard of them. No. Well, they didn't win a World Series, so they didn't win a World Series. Yeah. Uh, that's all. I, that's I'm all I care sure. about. Yeah, that's all I care they about. They don't actually exist. Did they get to the World Series? No. Well, then, who cares? Yeah. I don't know why we're even talking about it. I don't know. June was the start of injury season. Yes. Um, June was the start of uh, Franklin Gutierrez-itis that everybody got all of a sudden. A lot of, a lot of injuries that we kind of already talked about, not just on the... Offensive sides. We mm-hmm. talked about Lannis Martin and Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte had an unbelievable start to the season. Yes. They started him off, I think, batting ninth mm-hmm. and uh, moved him into the leadoff position after he was. I mean, he was hitting over three hundred at one point, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and then got injured. Yeah, Lannis Martin gets injured, mm-hmm. uh, and then two of the pitchers that are supposed to be anchoring what was already a little bit of a thin rotation, and that was the part that the Mariners knew. Yeah. I think that they were happy about the offense going into the season. Um, a little bit okay on the, on the bullpen, but I think if if everyone sat down in a room and they said, what's the one thing that we really hope we don't get injured on? It would be the starting rotation. Yeah. And then Felix goes down, a guy who's only been on the DL once yeah. in his career with the Mariners. And he goes down celebrating a home run in a game that he is not playing in. Yeah. Yeah. Not only a game, but a game that the Mariners win in a blowout. <laughs> so it's not even like it's a decisive home run. It is just yet another home run. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's um, you know, he was having a good time. Well, yeah. there's nothing. There's gotta, nothing but you got to stretch before you have to. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You got to stretch. Yeah, he got he got injured celebrating a home run. Who who was it who got injured celebrating a home run with the Angels where he jumped on the plate and like broke his foot? Then he was our DH for a little bit. Can't think of his fucking name. Right Kendris Morales. Kendris Morales. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, he pulled a Kendris Morales. He did. Less severe, thank goodness. Yes. But leg injury celebrating a home run. At least for Kendris, though. He hit the home run. <laughs> he was directly involved. So he was directly involved in the excitement of the play. Felix just got swept up in it, which is probably why he only yeah. tore something and didn't snap his leg in half. It sounds like you're saying that, that you wish that Felix weren't as much of a team player as he is. To the point, right <laughs> up until the point where he pulls his calf muscle, okay. jumping up onto the, onto the ledge yes. to celebrate a home run. In a game that's a blowout. <laughs> uh, that's okay. where I draw the line. It's a very, it is a very specific line, <laughs> but that's where I draw it. Yeah, and then you look at the, the rotation, and, and it was strong for the first, when they were playing well, mm-hmm. that rotation was healthy, they were healthy. Everybody yeah. was playing well. 
from the start of the season until the end of May, they only used five starters. Yeah, which is incredible. They were the last American League team to use a sixth starter. So they had unparalleled health for the first two months of the season. Mm -hmm. However, (laughs) starting in June till the end of the first half, they had to use James Paxton, Wade LeBlanc, Mike Montgomery, Vidal Nuno, Adrian Sampson, all had to make starts. So 10 starters in the first half, which is the sixth most in the majors and second most in the American League. So they went from not having to go to anybody but their starting five mm-hmm. to doubling their rotation in two months. Because of more injury. Yep. And, uh, in, in and then injuries to the guys coming in to replace injured guys. Yeah, Seattle made a couple of trades um, at the beginning of June, mm-hmm. um, and you could tell uh, kind of what they were thinking, which is we're not going to go crazy. We're not going to have a fire sale. It's not time to panic. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, if we're going to survive the season, we have to fix the pitching quick mm-hmm. so that we can stay competitive for the rest of the year. They traded away for a couple of starting pitchers, uh, one of whom <laughs> never threw a pitch. <laughs> at, sorry, let me rephrase. He never <laughs> threw a pitch in his second start. Never threw a pitch in his second start, yes. He got injured uh, in warm-ups. Yep. Uh, and is still out. Yeah, he's done for the year. Yeah. Uh, but what I love about that kid is this. Uh, he said afterwards that throughout his warm-up pitches, he's like, yeah, I didn't feel right. But I tried to throw through it. Because that's always what you want to do with an arm injury. Yeah. Is throw through it. Kind of power through it. Yeah. 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 He's like, you know, I didn't feel like I had the pop. I didn't feel like things were right. Mm -hmm. But I kept throwing. I threw like another hundred warm-up pitches. And then I went out to the mountain and we'll throw those warm-up pitches. And then when my arm fell off, I was like, I don't think I should be out here. (laughs) It's like a pilot before a long international flight. And I got the little, I got some... Some numbness, some tingliness in my left arm, yeah. kind of some double vision yeah. and now, do I shortness need to see of breath. The left arm? <laughs> Is the left eye important? If I sit on the right side, do I need the left eye? I'm going to power through it because yeah. this flight's in in flight meal is going to be amazing. There is somebody who needs to make a connection <laughs> somewhere on this planet. And damn it, they deserve to get there. Yeah, um, yeah. The the injuries were. The injuries were rough, yeah. and the, the injuries can be attributed, um, or let me let me rephrase, the problems that plagued the Mariners in June can be directly attributed to injury. I think so, yeah. There was also a weird stretch of time where, after they called James Paxton up, that he was getting the classic... Uh, Felix treatment. Mm, yeah, and he was throwing his first game. Yeah, he threw great games mm-hmm. and lost two one. Yeah, or lost three two. Yeah, or lost one nothing. Yeah. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there were games. Uh, a lot of the games that Nick Carnes and Wade Miley were starting, where the Mariners were now losing six seven mm-hmm. eight nine. <laughs> Um, where all of a sudden you saw the bullpen pitching five, six innings. Yeah. And that was a bad sign because that really spirals you out of control because then the bullpen gets tired and then they can't play as well. And it, 
just everything is a spiral after that. Yeah, you can see you can see what the formula was supposed to be in April and May, mm-hmm. and it, and it worked. And it worked. Starting pitchers go six seven, get into the bullpen, have your offense hit some dingers. Mm-hmm. In June, you start to see that formula break down because those starting pitchers get hurt, mm-hmm. and the ones that don't get hurt are getting fatigued earlier. Mm-hmm. So now you have your pitchers going four five which stretches your bullpen, and those guys are not used to being stretched that far, so they wear down, everybody gets hit more, mm-hmm. and it's bad times for everybody. It's bad times for everybody. It's bad times for everybody. Lost in that is that the, the Mariners' offense did actually continue to perform really yeah, well. Yeah, they still did very well. Um, and <laughs> Which is a weird thing to say. The offense kept them in games. Yeah. It's a, definitely one of those, especially if they don't make the playoffs this year, we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, it's going to be one of those the things that could have been kind of seasons mm-hmm. where you're right. You could see what the formula was, and you could see that it was working. And even now, with some of the health coming back into the team, you can see it starting to work all over again. I just hope that that nine game stretch of uh, that, that I would say minus nine games mm-hmm. that they wind up. Uh, kind of losing during that period at the end of May and April or uh, May and June doesn't totally derail them because I don't know if they can keep pace with the other teams that are going out and and performing so well. I, I certainly don't think that they're going to keep pace with Texas because Texas no, Texas is, is playing way above their heads this year. It's it which is, it's crazy. Doesn't make any sense. No, the way they've constructed their team doesn't make any sense. But. They keep winning. Dingers so. and voodoo. Dingers and voodoo. So that, that's that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Dingers, voodoo, and Bill uh, Vasey had Adrian bad, He had bad voodoo. He had, Bill Vasey had bad voodoo. He had bad Didn't voodoo. know his voodoo. No. Couldn't choose his voodoo very well. No. That was his problem. Uh, yeah. No, Texas is weird. I I've, I do find it ironic that like the one team that uh, is ahead of the Mariners right now is also the team that was supposed to be in the basement this year, and they miraculously outperformed expectations. But that's neither here nor there. It's Uh, somewhere. It's somewhere. We've kind of gone through the months and and kind of talked about what what happened in each one. Did you want to – do you have any any other things you want to kind of deep dive into, any players or any games, anything that uh, kind of stood out to you before we get into, um, you know, what what we think the the rest of the season is going to be like? Uh, I've just been so happily surprised with the way that the offense has just been able to mash. And not yeah. just Robinson Cano being healthy and under the tutelage of Edgar Martinez, mm-hmm. but Kyle Seeger Kyle Seager's been has great. returned to the form that everybody expected him to be mm-hmm. when, when everybody was like, oh, he's going to be great. Then he had a down year. But now well, he's, ironically, he was one of the least productive members of the team during April and, and uh, the first part of May. Yeah, he had an incredibly slow start. Um, and then figured out how to play baseball. Yeah. So that was great. Uh, so having see your hit, so now you have you have a legitimate 3-4-5, mm-hmm. which is not something that Seattle has had. Yeah. Arguably since 2001, 2 Yeah. Oh, oh a, a, a real... Legitimate three, four, five. Yeah. Where Not just in other teams who pencil in at yeah. three or four or five, but an yeah. actual three, four, five combination. 
that acts in the way that it's supposed to in baseball, where teams are worried about facing mm-hmm. that that group of hitters. The number of times this year, later in a game, when it's been close, where I've seen opposing coaches go out and make two or three pitching changes in an inning because of Cano, Cruz, and Seager, mm-hmm. it... It, it feels, I'm sure it's, uh, I can't back it up statistically, but it feels like it's been a lot more than what we've seen yeah. in recent years just because for the first time, teams are actively having to take uh, that combination of players into account. And let's be fair, it's, it's not just them either. No. Uh, it's the, the hitters reason, around them. Yeah, the reason that teams can be afraid of the 3-4-5 is because the rest of the lineup is also hitting. Yeah. So they cannot avoid the three, four, five. There have been years where you have legitimate three guys, legitimate four guys, mm-hmm. guys who can hit, but you surround them with guys who can't, mm-hmm. and no, they're not going to see any pitches. Yeah, see, I'm looking at you, Mike Zanino. By see, the way. pretty much every year Adrian Beltre was there. Yeah, you put somebody who can't hit behind Adrian Beltre. Guess what Adrian Beltre is going to see? Balls. Yeah. Nothing but balls. Raul Abanias and uh, Kendrys Morales yeah. when they were uh, three and four. There's no one else around them. No. So they're not going to see any pitches to hit. You have a 3-4-5 now that can hit when they see pitches. Mm-hmm. And you have the rest of the lineup that makes teams pitch to them, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. It's not something we've seen. And this is the first time that the team has hit for like average and power mm-hmm. that since 2001 that I can remember. Mm-hmm. When you look at this roster, they had seven different guys hit at least 10 home runs this, in the first half. That's incredible. That is ridiculous. It's the first time in franchise history that they've had that happen prior to the break. It's not that the Mariners were solely designed as a team to hit home runs either, mm-hmm. um, because there are a lot of people on the team hitting home runs that maybe we weren't expecting them to. I yeah. would say Dale Lee has been a really pleasant surprise Dale in terms of his power. The, the first base platoon mm-hmm. is actually working. Yes. Which I think might be the first time I've ever seen <laughs> a platoon work. Uh, between Adam him and Lind. Lee has 13 home runs. Deho Lee has 12 home runs. And both of them have hit clutch home runs. Yeah, three of Adam Lind's home runs have been walk-off yeah. home runs. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I think he has like six total in his career or something yeah. like that. All he does um, is hit walk-off home runs. It's like and, he comes into the game and he goes, guys, I got stuff to do. <laughs> Bang. Let's get this Let's over. Let's get out of here. Yeah, happy hour is ending yeah. over at Pyramid. I got to yeah. go down. Here's here's another couple uh, guys that you wouldn't expect to hit 10, rooms, run, 10 home runs in the first half. Uh, Leonis Martin, who missed time. Yeah. And came to Seattle with the caveat that he cannot hit for power. Yeah. He's a great defender, can't hit. Mm-hmm. He has 11 home runs. And then Seth Smith... Everybody's favorite dad <laughs> also has 11 home runs. He is kind of a walking dad joke, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> yeah. But he has 11 home runs. What was Seth Smith doing before this year? I like to imagine that he was, uh, you know, before every game, he, like, hands a little, um, you know, Capri Sun yep. and snack pack out yeah, to all the, the other he players. He brings the orange slices, he brings the Capri Sun, and then he hits home runs. That's what he does. <laughs> And he gets in his minivan, <laughs> and he sits in traffic, wears listens, socks with sandals, to car talk while wearing socks with sandals. Car talk, uh, I think, intermingled with a little Steve Miller band. Yeah. 
That's why I like to match what the Smith is doing. But he's feeling saucy. He'll throw in his super tramp. His super tramp a trap. Oh. Oh man, I would I would play catch in the backyard with Seth Smith, and he would with you because he's a good man. <laughs> yes, he would. He would also make you waffles in the morning too. Absolutely. Oh Shaped man, as different things. I think we've just developed a a very real dad crush for Seth Smith. It's a real thing. Yeah. Seth Smith, if you're listening right now, I waffles sound great. Yeah, you can be my dad. That's that's a legitimate offer. <laughs> Uh, <coughs> another person that you can't say that though because your dad was actually on this podcast no no I can't say he that he listens no so that would no, be very hurtful no. for you to say that no my dad so don't say that I, I, I think that he would appreciate the fact that Seth Smith would Seth probably do it if asked yeah but Seth Smith can be your cool uncle I will let Seth Smith be my cool okay. uncle yeah but not like your rebellious cool uncle yeah like the one who does magic yes Yes. The one oh, who does magic close, and like... close magic. Like, oh, you have a coin in here. Yeah. And who also, you know, helps you fix your car yeah. or, you know, things like that. Okay. Maybe not like the... Not the cool uncle who like finds you weed but doesn't tell your parents right. about it or... Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I get it. I hear you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Seth. Can I call him Seth? I, I feel think, like... I think you should, yeah. I think, I think he would appreciate it. He'd let you. He would he would call us sport. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Or bud. <laughs> this this got derailed it very did. quickly. But just imagine. <laughs> imagine imagine your dad going out and mashing eleven home runs. Uh, that would be amazing. Right? My dad would love to imagine himself I can, going I can out imagine. and mashing eleven yeah. home runs. <laughs> That's what Seth Smith is Seth Smith is doing. He's going out there yeah. being everybody's dad. It's incredible that he has time to do that and also do all the grocery shopping. Yeah. Too. So. Well, he's good at time management. He is great at time time. management. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Can we uh, can we sync up that whole section of the podcast with uh, cats cats cradle cradle yeah Yeah, cats cradle oh that'll be great I think so I think we have the expertise to do that tribute to dads (laughs) Um, another player who. I think was pleasantly surprising, and he came up uh, in the last episode with with my dad as well. Is uh, Sean O'Malley, mm-hmm. who has been super fun to watch. Yeah, and he's been the because he didn't start the year with the team. They mm-hmm. were going, I think, with Luis Sardinas as their fourth outfielder. Yeah, and then Marte gets hurt, and they and don't Leonis, have and, and Martin hurt, and they don't have anyone to play those positions mm-hmm. and find out. We well they brought they brought Goody in. Yeah, they brought bit. Goody in so that they had they could they could put together, they could piece together an outfield, mm-hmm. but they realized they did not have a legitimate backup shortstop. Yes. They bring up O'Malley and the argument then was, you know, Sardinas is a younger player who's still growing. Mm-hmm. He can do more as an everyday player in triple A mm-hmm. to expand his game mm-hmm. than O'Malley who's a little bit older and mm-hmm. probably capped on potential but O'Malley's going to bring you a more consistent effort off the bench. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the reasons why he was not starting the season, which it is now kind of winds up being quite ironic, is Mariners didn't really know where to put him. Yeah, uh, Led the Miners in stolen bases uh, during the preseason. Played 
pretty good defense, uh, hit the ball really well, uh, and the Mariners just said, we don't really know what to do with him. Yeah. We already have a starting shortstop. We already yeah. have a starting second and third baseman. Yeah. He's not an outfielder kind of guy. Yeah, they, they were transitioning him to the outfield. I think that was also part of part of his issue with making the team is that he was making the transition from shortstop mm-hmm. to the outfield, and he wasn't playing he hadn't as, gotten like, there the yet. fourth best outfielder yeah. that they had. So he starts down, but he comes up, and he is exactly the depth. He's the, he's the depth player that they've needed. Yes. He's like Willie Bloomquist, but effective. <laughs> he's the Mariners version of Dennis Rodman. Yeah. He's, he just does he's whatever the, he's that sixth player. Yeah. Without the hair and the tattoos and Carmen Electra. So. Well, we haven't, I haven't seen. That's yeah, true. We don't know. Beach. So we don't know. We don't know what his, what his tattoo situation is. But he uh, seems like a nice, wholesome young man. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We do know this. We do know the high school he went to. We do know the high school he went to, and that alone tells me so, there's there's a tramp stamp hiding, and it's either uh, he either has the Bill Bavese, mm-hmm. uh Ken Griffey Jr. number twenty four tramp stamp, yeah. or um, I don't know, maybe like a Chinese symbol for good luck. Yeah, or like the black hole sun. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I like yeah. Okay, all right. I, we know what's going on. Yeah. We know what's going on. Oh, <laughs> Southridge. No, Southridge is great. It's a great school. Fantastic education. Uh, one of the finest. Uh, it's not a great football team. No. <laughs> so Sean O'Malley comes in. He uh, is one of the first pleasant surprise call-ups the Mariners have had in a while. Yeah. Uh, offensively. Yeah. Uh, and since... Uh, June has been hitting extra bases like crazy. Um, just recently, he had a couple home runs in the series sweep over Boston, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, and he's been he's been doing what I think people thought his weakness was, which was playing defense yeah. really well. Has made a couple great plays, mm-hmm. uh, both coming in on some balls. He's had some great range. Um, made a made a great stop and throw to first base. Yeah, uh, this didn't happen in the first half, mm-hmm. uh, but in the series finale against the Angels, where they swept the mm-hmm. Angels. Oh yes, when they swept the Angels, they not, swept the not, Angels. Not Boston. Uh, he had the go ahead home run. Yes, and then he had this terrific defensive play, which kind of because he had been knocked a little bit because I think he hit his first home run of the season against Boston mm-hmm. a couple nights before. And then in a crucial moment, he couldn't get to a ground ball, kind of mm-hmm. knocked it away, which ended up bringing in the winning run for Boston. But he hits the go-ahead home run, and then a couple innings later is ranging to third base from shortstop. Mm-hmm. Is Basically, he's behind Kyle Seager. Yes. The ball gets past Seager. He's behind Seager. He backhands it, picks it up, tosses it to first. Perfect throw. It's at a very good base runner mm-hmm. and helped preserve that win. He went full Jeter. He did. On that ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, was, I mean, for, so, for a guy who was being asked to transition away from this position, had not played it in a while, and did not start off the season playing very well, yeah. uh, his last couple series have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he is. he's rounding into the guy that you can bring off the bench and still still feel really good about your lineup. Yeah. Both defensively and offensively, he can contribute 
enough to be in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Spelling either an outfielder or an infielder or mm-hmm. wherever you need him to play, he's playing well enough to be that guy, which is somebody that they did not have at the yeah. end of the year, which really was made apparent when guys started getting hurt. Yeah. So he's really answered that question. So that's he's, I think, a reason that you can be a little bit optimistic uh, and set yourself up to be hurt really badly in the second <laughs> half of the season. <laughs> Because we now have that bench player who can come in and we don't see a huge drop off. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, we actually have wound up having two bench players who have been able to come in because Franklin Gutierrez, yeah. who knew, has been hitting the crap out of the ball, mm-hmm. um, has not quite hit for the same kind of average that Sean O'Malley has been hitting for. That's just because Sean O'Malley has been doing very, very well. Yeah. Um, but he's still been super consistent out there in, in the outfield and make no mistake. Uh, Frank Gutierrez is still hitting the ball very well. Yeah. Um, he is coming in as a pinch hitter. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. I did not think at the beginning of this season that I would hear the announcer say, now batting in place of whoever, Frank Gutierrez. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That seems, That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. We, we must be down by 10 runs. <laughs> They're, Everyone they're, else they're must just, be dead. Yeah. They're, they're, and Frank Gutierrez probably killed him with some disease that he yeah. has. Um, oh, glass bones, Gutierrez. We're glad you're back, buddy. Um, yeah, so the, the, they've been they've been super pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, pleasant surprises to start the season. Disappointments, though. Mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, when you get to the heart of it, that's what why is all about. Yeah. There were plenty. There as, were as there were there were plenty. As we, as we have to be happy about to be excited for. Uh, there, we definitely had our share of, of disappointments. I think at the top, because they slotted him in at number one in the lineup, would be Noriyuki. Yeah, for sure. His I don't know what it was. I think his bat speed dropped just a little bit, mm-hmm. and he just wasn't getting the contact that he usually gets that he has his entire career. He was known for being able to. He was never going to hit for power. No, he was known for his ability to slap the ball around. He yeah. was kind of a proto Ichiro. Yes, but it never materialized. He wasn't well, striking out a lot. No. Um, he just wasn't hitting the ball where people weren't. Yep, and he like he didn't have it. He couldn't steal bases. He couldn't mm-hmm. get on base. He couldn't. He just he, his defense was struggling. He struggled on defense. It he just wasn't the player that anyone expected him to be when they brought him in. Yeah, he's he was probably their biggest offensive uh, letdown mm-hmm. this year. And and that's that's a nice thing to say because there haven't been that many offensive yeah. letdowns. Yeah, but he went from first in the lineup because he makes contact and gets on base, dropped all the way down to ninth because he could not get on base, all the way to being designated for assignment. Yeah. For the first time in his career. First time he's played in the minors his entire career. Hopefully... That helps him get on the right track, and he can be a contributor as a fourth outfielder maybe mm-hmm. in the second half. But as the key offseason acquisition for the offense, he has not panned out. No, that's the, that's the definition of not now, panning out. I yeah, think he's luckily, designating for yeah, assignment is. Yeah, being designated for assignment is, is pretty <laughs> much the definition. <laughs> pretty much the opposite end of the spectrum of panning out. <laughs> On the bright side, they did not pay him Sean Figgins' money, so mm. so at least there's that. I knew somehow you'd talk about that. 
on the pitching side, yes, we can talk about uh, you know since we're kind of doing a midseason review, but we're also aware of current events as mm-hmm. well. Uh, we can talk about Taiwan Walker being sent down now. Yeah, um, he's had uh, I, he's had such a bad luck year, but he got into a little bit of a groove midway through uh, about, about the end of April, and then got injured. Mm-hmm. Was out for not long enough. No, came back and has not been the same at all. No, and he was. I feel bad because he was starting to look like the pitcher that he everyone's believing that he can be. Mm-hmm. Had a great April, to be perfectly honest. Him and him and Felix posted the second and third best April ERAs in club history. Felix had a one three eight, Walker had a one four four, and then things kind of fell apart for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt with tendonitis in his foot. And for some reason the team felt that tendonitis can be healed uh, by having him hang out at AAA for like a week. Mm-hmm. As someone who has had tendonitis <laughs> in like several joints, yeah, I can tell you a week's not doing anything for it. Well, you just gotta walk it off. Well, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta walk it off. That's you just gotta you gotta grit down. You have to believe in yourself. A yeah, little bit. you have to really grind your teeth into a fine powder. <laughs> And just, just really get through just it. Just really get through it. So they rush him back, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the same in the second half. Yeah. Oh, oh poor Walker. Yeah. yeah. So he he was um, had another kind of rough start. Luckily, again, it's a weird thing to say. The offense bailed him out of what was a, a pretty bad start, mm-hmm. um, and uh, got sent down. You could probably look at Steve Ciszek and say that. He's been a disappointment. He didn't have a terrible first part part of the season either, but he also kind of fell off the wagon. Yeah, uh, starting we, in June, June and July, really. Yeah, he, I think, was the beneficiary of getting a lot of opportunities to play mm-hmm. because the offense was putting the team in positions to win games mm-hmm. late. If you just look at his raw stats, he had like twenty one saves in the first half. Yes, but man, he really worked for it. He, he really did. To, His whip was feel, a little bit up there. <laughs> I feel like he went to the Fernando Rodney school of closing, where it's not a close, it's not a save attempt until the bases are loaded, mm-hmm. and then that's when I start pitching. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to make it too easy on no. yourself, is what you're saying. No, I've been I've been around long enough. I've yeah. seen all these easy save situations. Yeah, let me really kick it up a notch. Yeah, he was he was the beneficiary of coming into games in which the team was up by. Two or three runs is mm-hmm. kind of like what we were talking about before, and so he was safe to give up, uh, you know, a couple walks and a hit almost yeah. every inning. Yeah, um, he wasn't striking out the side. He nope. wasn't uh, going one two three. He almost never went one two three, um, and quite frequently he was giving up runs. Yeah, didn't have a, a super high ERA, but his his WHIP was way higher than you want it to be for. Uh, for a closer, mm-hmm. and when the offense couldn't keep up with the relief pitching problems that they had in June and the start of July, his own flaws showed because of that. Mm-hmm. Because now he was coming into games when they were tied, 
Now he was coming into games when they were up by one. Mm-hmm. And those those chinks in the armor started to show. Yeah, he started to struggle in high leverage situations. Yeah. Which is the which is really the situations <laughs> that you want your closer to thrive in. That's why he's your closer. He's a good closer, just not great under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, about that. <laughs> we can say now, after seeing him come out of the first half, still as the closer, uh, his issues only have only got worse. Mm-hmm. He had disastrous 48 hours. Yeah, that was a little rough. So now we have Edwin Diaz, mm-hmm. who came up in the first half and was phenomenal. Yes. Especially when you consider he has been a relief pitcher since like a month into this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, uh, basically our whole feed at this point is just Edwin Diaz making people look silly. So you found our Twitter. I did. That's great news. <laughs> That's so nice to hear. <laughs> Um, I, I also made a post on it. What? Yeah. All right. And we're not going to tell you, dear listeners, which one was me. <laughs> so you're just going to have to find that out for yourself. <laughs> I'm sure it's the one that reeks of inexperience. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. It was, that's probably fine. got the character cut off that's and everything. Fine. But you know, it's a learning experience. I, no, I, I, um, I got on, I got on the Twitter Excellent. And uh, I I enjoyed our, uh, it's basically just an Edwin Diaz strikeout bonanza. At this point, yeah. Well, we haven't recorded anything for a while, so it's been hard to promote. <laughs> That's true. It's been hard to promote stuff. <laughs> Seattle Mariners thinking of changing their name to the Seattle Edwin Diaz strikeout bonanza. I would I would support that. I, I would sign that <laughs> petition. Get that on change.org. <laughs> He's been phenomenal. He has been. It's been incredible watching him develop, especially since he was he started the season at Double A as a starter. Mm-hmm. They transitioned him to the bullpen after about a month. They say we like his stuff. He's just not consistent mm-hmm. for a lot of innings. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we condense his stuff down to one inning. See how that works, and it's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And he's come up. He was a fantastic high leverage middle relief option for them in the first half. Uh, he, I think he's averaging two strikeouts an inning, which is nuts. Which is nuts. He came in in a high leverage situation against the Angels, but in the series they just swept them, and faced their three best hitters, Trout, Pujols, and Simmons, and strikes them all out. Makes them all just look foolish. I understand he's young. I understand he's only been doing this for like three months. But why would you not put him in this position? Sooner. <laughs> well, it, you know they had spent the money. Yeah, to be true. honest, um, I think part and, of and, it, part of it also they didn't want to rush him, didn't want to rush his development, have him have a setback. Well, that's not the Seattle Mariners. That's not the Seattle Mariners way. But I think Steve Ciszek saw that and was like, "Guys, this guy's really good. <laughs> you should definitely not. I am <laughs> not as good as this guy. Let me prove it to you. Here you go, Edwin." And the nice thing about that is the other guy who's also started to kind of perform well again is um, our, our old closer, the bartender. Yeah. I was so skeptical 
when they signed signed Tom Wilhelmson. Wilhelmson, thank you. When they signed him after he was kicked to the curb by Texas mm-hmm. with a ten and a half ERA, and they're like, "Yeah, this guy's good, totally going to solve our bullpen problems." And you're like, "How is this guy going to solve not, our bullpen problems?" That doesn't seem accurate. I feel like he's going to only exacerbate our bullpen problems. He seems like he's the personification of our bullpen problems. Yeah. Uh, but a change of location, and he has been excellent. They've put That's him in weird. situations to succeed. I mean, he, he was he hasn't been stretched too much, I think. No. I think that's probably helped him being in a familiar environment where he had success. He was very successful. For about a season and a half. Yeah, yeah. with the Mariners before he got sent to Texas. <laughs> to be fair, about a season and a half is the length of time that a closer is usually successful yeah. in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> you got to get all your saves in while you can. For whatever reason, and, and you know, maybe it is really just the for the football fans out there, the Christine Michael... Uh, school of figure your shit out or go home where he had enough people kind of say, look, figure your shit out or go home that he started to maybe have a change of attitude about it mm-hmm. um, because he actually has been <laughs> pitching uh, pretty well for them now that he's come back. Their their bullpen has benefited from more quality starts. Now that Felix Hernandez is back, he um, didn't pitch particularly well his first game back, but um, he's still been improving every game that he's played. Mm-hmm. Paxson has been pitching really well lately. Iwakuma has been absolutely solid. He won tonight. He's won eight home games in a row. He's yeah. been the best pitcher for the Mariners this season. Yeah. And uh, because of that, that formula that we talked about earlier has started to work again, mm-hmm. where the starters are in a little bit longer. The bullpen comes out and just does bullpen things, not starter things. Yeah. And then in the meanwhile, the Mariners hit the ball when they need to. Um, which I guess is a perfect opportunity to, to bring us into what do you see going forward through the rest of this year? What's their ceiling? What's their floor? I don't know. This team has been so tough to read. They've been... Because we, we all got really excited after the first two months of the season. May was a great time. May was so Let's go nice. back to May. Let's go. <laughs> it wasn't too hot. <laughs> we were winning. We were winning. It was great. Not, not necessarily always at home, but we were winning. Yeah. Then you, So you see how this, how this roster, the way that it's built, is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And then in the next two months, we have seen all of the ways that this roster can go sideways. Yes. They don't have great depth. Uh, lineup, mm-hmm. or in the rotation, mm-hmm. or in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. They're built around some guys who are probably close to being done. But they've also got some really exciting young players. And so you have this weird dichotomy where this team is kind of stuck in the middle. Now what I hope happens is I hope that this rotation gets healthy, that the bullpen gets situated and settles, which it looks like it, it might be on the way to that. Uh, that the lineup keeps hitting and that we can make a run to the postseason. Because uh, as great as Felix Hernandez has been, he has never started a playoff game. You, uh, you've done a good job of talking about the factors, mm-hmm. um, but as someone who needs validation, mm-hmm. I need to know what you think this team is going to be doing at the end of the year. 
The Mariners fan in me, who has been beaten down every year since 2001, feels like they're going to find a way not to make the playoffs. Let's say, let's, let's throw out the fact that they're not going to catch the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they're seven games so out. They're currently seven games back of the Rangers. Let's say they don't catch them. Now, if they do catch them, great. Then this team has turned it around the second half, and they deserve to be playing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But let's say they don't. And so you look at the other contenders for the wild card. You have Toronto, you have Detroit, you have Boston, and you have Houston. Yeah. And the Yankees are also in there, but they're half their roster is retiring. So half their roster is retiring on Friday. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to be doing. Are you going to miss A-Rod? No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not. I would, I would love it if you bought a plane ticket, you went through the effort, you left your wife and kid at home just so that you could go to the game and boo A-Rod. Yeah, like that witch in, uh, <laughs> in Princess Bride. Everybody else is, is give a moment of reverence and I'm just going, boo, boo. <laughs> I'd do it that way too, just so he got the reference. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> so anyway, those are the teams that yeah. Seattle is having to deal with in the wild card. Yes, yeah, so the wild card is, is going to probably come down to Toronto, Detroit, Boston, Seattle, and Houston. Houston has a ton of young talent that has underperformed up to this point. Yes. If they get it on track, they could get very hot mm-hmm. in the second half. Uh, so they're going to be very tough for Seattle to stay ahead of. Yeah. They're a game and a half up on them right now. But that's not a big enough cushion, I think. Yeah, the the rest of the ALS has benefited from Houston having a terrible start to the season. Yes. Starting the season in the basement, mm-hmm. slowly crawling their way back up. And yeah. it's really only the fact that they, I believe Houston is 2-11 and 11 against Texas so far this year. Yeah. Uh, Boston obviously has a bunch of talent, and they're going to hit, they're going to score. They have that new guy... At oh, D.H. David? Ortiz? David? David. Yeah. David Ortiz? David Ortiz? I yeah. think he's going to be good. I think so. He's got a long, long career. <laughs> I hope to see more of him. Yeah, I'm going to look forward to seeing him in the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So they're obviously going to hit a bunch of, they're going to score a bunch of runs, and they're going to win probably 90 games. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be tough to catch. Seattle's currently two and a half back of them. Uh, Detroit is in probably in the same boat as Boston. They've got an older roster, but they're going to score a bunch of runs, and they're going to win a bunch of games. They're probably going to be around 90 wins, too. And they're, Seattle's also two and a half back of them. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be tough to catch. And then Toronto has a fantasy lineup as their actual lineup. <laughs> well, they've got that power-hitting first baseman, Justin Smoke. Yeah. Right? Any team would be crazy to part ways with him. Yeah. Oh, boy. I I don't see a lot of weakness in the teams that are surrounding them except for Detroit mm-hmm. and Toronto. Their both of their weaknesses are their pitching. Yeah. And what it what it I think is going to come down to is it's easier to stop an offense than it is to stop pitching when it's healthy. That's kind of been Detroit's Achilles heel mm-hmm. and they've been overperforming. But, you know, it's probably, honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it came down to Toronto 1, Boston 2, Seattle a short 3 behind 
Um, yeah, because I, I just because, I don't know if you can keep up with Toronto offensively. Yeah, I think I think that that's that's your, your point is valid. That good pitching will beat good hitting, but I think that comes into play more in the playoffs. Yeah. Because in the regular season, that great lineup is going to get to face the three, four, five pitchers. True. Whereas in the playoffs, they have to face one, two, three. So if you have a great lineup who's going to mash 10 runs a game against the three, four, five starters from another team, they're going to win three out of every five. Yeah. Whereas if you have a team that's going to score five runs, like the Mariners have been doing, which is an improvement mm-hmm. for them, and it's, mm-hmm. they've had a strong season offensively. But if you're only if you're going to score five runs, then you're going to lose some games, six to five, seven to five. Right. So you're going to win maybe two out of every five. So you're going to fall behind. Yeah. I, I it, there's a very real possibility. As much as I hate to say it, because it was one of the most agonizing feelings that I've had watching baseball in a long time. But there is a very real possibility that the Mariners are a game or two out of the wild card at the end of the season, having a winning record, playing great, um, probably being a couple games ahead of, you know, the next team in in the West, even um, if it's Houston, that's going to be above the Mariners in, in the wild card, but I could very well see it being, um, it's probably going to be Boston. Yeah, I think that's pr- pretty safe bet. Yeah, uh, Boston, and then either Houston or Toronto in that second spot, mm-hmm. and then maybe maybe like a game or two games behind Seattle, uh, still playing well mm-hmm. with a winning record by the end of the season, but still not making the playoffs. Yeah, I can see that. I think this roster is. Good enough to be in the mix, mm-hmm. but not necessarily good enough yet to overcome how poorly they played in the second half of the first half. Yeah, if they're playing like they've been playing to start August mm-hmm. through the rest of the year, they will be in the wild card spot. Yeah, but they have to keep playing at that pace, which mm-hmm. is a little unattainable. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty breakneck pace at this point. I think they started August, they're like six and two. They've had a couple of rallies already. They've won a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. They've have they've won tight games. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But you can't continue to play tight no. games. I don't their their roster is not deep enough to continue to win tight games down the stretch. Yeah, and as 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 much as we as we've talked about so far, um, in terms of the months. Uh, the Mariners played at the beginning of the season. So April and May, great months to start the season. They played extremely well. Um, June was a shit show. Yeah. Uh, cluster dumpster fuck, as, yeah. as we have called things yeah. like that before. Probably the month that actually may have hurt them most of all is July, mm-hmm. because even though they went 12 and 12 in July, you think, okay, 500, things could be worse. Almost all of those losses were missed opportunities. Yeah. Were games that they were either leading in the 6th, 7th, 8th inning, or games where they should have led in the 10th. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, even though the team has been winning games, uh, since the All-Star break, there has been a very unsettling trend of them stranding runners on base. Mm-hmm. And they've been able to get away with it in the last week, mm-hmm. week and a half. Um, but that's not something that you can continue to do. Yeah. And that's something that killed them in the middle half 
the second half of the first half. Mm-hmm. It's something that, that I think that plus the injuries really led to this. Now they're getting healthy again, but they're continuing to leave bait runners stranded. Yeah, there were uh, a couple of games to start the season for the Mariners. Um, I don't remember if it was in uh, April or May where um, the Mariners were scoring, you know, over seven or eight runs and almost all of them were with two outs. Yeah. That's the definition of not stranding runners, right? Yeah. You, you, you have both clutch base hits and you have people who are continuing to push the offense forward. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't been doing that very no. much. There's been a lot of solo home runs. Not There's a hero been a lot moments. of yeah, a lot of a, a lot of hero moments, but they 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 haven't been uh, creating runs the way that they did in the first half of the first half, mm-hmm. that first quarter of of the season where it felt like it didn't really the the outs were just kind of this weird ethereal number. It didn't really matter how many outs there were; mm-hmm. they were all kind of hitting at the same pace. Um, they were all hitting with kind of the same consistency and any one of them could either hit a home run or hit it into a gap. Now it feels like it's either going to be an out or a run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have the stats to back this up, but it feels like they have had way too many situations where they get the bases loaded with less than two outs mm-hmm. and come away with no runs. Mm-hmm. Like it feels... Or, or one... Yeah, or just one, but there have been so many, so many times when I'm following a game and they get bases loaded with zero or one out, and I still have no confidence that they're going to score a run. <laughs> Which is a different feeling than we had the, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, when they were winning games early in the year, they would come through in those situations. Mm-hmm. When they got guys in scoring position, you were like. There's a high likelihood that we are going to score runs in this situation. And it's also a weird feeling because it's not like they haven't been scoring runs. Mm -hmm. They have been scoring runs. um, But they've come at strange moments. They've come from big home run moments, those hero moments that that, that you've talked about. And they're not through the manufacturing that they had been earlier. Those are the warning signs that that we've kind of talked about in terms of what their ceiling might be this year. Yeah, it's like when you watch a college basketball team that is just destroying teams using predominantly three-point shots. Mm -hmm. And they go through the season and they have a great record and they get into the tournament. Mm Mm-hmm you don't necessarily believe that that team is going to go very far because all they have to do is get cold once. Mm-hmm. All, all the Mariners have to do is not hit home runs for a week, and they'll lose six or seven games. Yeah. Well, that's 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 a horrifying thought. Yeah. I don't like that at all. No, it's a bad thought. <sighs> but this, that's the kind of what you're seeing with this team, where if somebody doesn't come up with a big hero moment... Yeah, then those guys are going to stay on base. Now, I will say that the Mariners, uh, while we've been recording this, the Mariners won tonight. They did. So congrats. Good yeah. job, guys. None of those were on home runs. So that's been great. Yeah. So they can still manufacture runs. Yeah, they can do it. They just need to prove that they can do it consistently. Yes, agreed. That's kind of all I, all I really, uh, really have Regarding the first half of the season, second half, I, th- I think we're kind of on the same page. Yep. We are optimistic that they'll 
get close enough to crush us and yep. make us go into a spiraling bender of drugs and alcohol. Yep. Word on the street is they have a pretty good local football team. So if all else fails, I haven't heard that. I'm gonna have to check. Uh, that. Well, it, it's, I'm gonna have to Google it. Football. I think it's. I think it's European football. Oh, okay. Yeah. The football. The foot. Football. Football. Yeah. The okay. Seattle Orcas. I think Ooh. they're called. Um, that majestic. That, that does it. <laughs> so if all else fails, you can you can switch the channel, uh, and watch some watch some good old fashioned football. I, I'm sure that neither of us are pronouncing that correctly. We'll have to look up the spelling. Later. I feel I feel like we're nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you have any, anything else for this for this midseason recap? Oh, how did you feel about uh, about the the end of the Bachelorette? I never got to it ask was, you about that. It was very obvious. I feel like JoJo made her decisions out of fear. Yeah. I thought uh, as much Luke, as her... Sending Luke home before the final three? Yeah. Travesty. Yeah, that was really upsetting. Robbie getting to the final two? <laughs> travesty. I, uh, as much as her family was uh, a waking nightmare last season... <laughs> Um, her brother had one of the best lines of the show this year when they went to her hometown, Robbie and Jordan, and, uh, they, they meet them both. And it is so obvious that her family likes Robbie more than Jordan. Well, and it is you? so obvious. He is a blank slate. He's a blank slate. <laughs> but it, it's also, it's equally obvious that... She likes Jordan more than Robbie. Oh, yeah. And her brother gives the the best line that I heard all season, which was, you're not trying to pick someone to go to New Year's Eve with. And I feel like she went, are you sure? <laughs> because I'd like to. Yeah. Have you seen the tush? <laughs> she was very tush obsessed this season. <laughs> The Wyo wife, uh, my Wyo wife gives it six months. That was oh yes. I don't know what I don't know oh what yeah Gap says my my Wyo wife believes they've already broken up, <laughs> and they're just going through their contractually obligated appearances <laughs> so they don't get sued by ABC. Because uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Jordan Rogers accepted a media position with the SEC network the day after the finale. Really? The day after, which does not undercut any of the rumors that he was in this to get famous or to get another job No. in the media. No, no, no. That only actually lends credence to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I don't know. They'll be fine. Yeah. Everyone will he be fine. The, they're they're the making Disney so much family. money. He stays in the Disney family, <laughs> SEC Network, under ESPN, owned by Disney, which owns ABC. Mm-hmm. He's taken care of. He's going to be in that next uh, that next Harry Potter movie, I think, coming out soon too, isn't he? Yeah. Is he one of the Fantastic uh, Beasts? I think he is one of the Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic <laughs> Tushes and Where to Find yeah. Them. I think it's one. Oh, I, no, I think that's 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 the porn parody. That's the Cinemax version. Yeah, that's the one that's coming out like the week after. <laughs> on, on on video to order. I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, Jordan Rogers is the porn parody version of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Less talented, prettier face. (laughs) 
All right, sir. It was uh, it was a blast having you over here. It's excellent. it's great that we got to do this again. I agree. Hopefully, we'll be able to do this a little bit more often. As we said earlier, there's no shortage of subjects. No. It's just a, a matter of our own laziness and incompetence that uh, this doesn't come out as often as it should. Yeah. But that's why you can find us on iTunes. You can. Uh, on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And please send us an email. Let us know what other players are out there that you think deserve to be talked about. If you've starred in any kind of porn parody with Jordan Rogers, we want to know what it was. If you've hit a walk-off bunt against Steve Ciszek, we want to know. Uh, we want to hear about it. What was that experience like? That must have been an incredibly heroic moment for you. Twitter. Yeah, we are also um, on, on Twitter. I can verify personally yeah. that we are now on Twitter. It's verified. <laughs> like us and rate us on uh, iTunes. Give us some stars and reviews. We like that. And uh, other than that, we'll, we'll see you again soon. We will. We will.